Ach, das is like watching paint dry, Henry. Excuse me, McBain, but no, it isn't. On the first day of April 2017, Henry Grover and Neil McBain were at Watford's Premier League home game against Sunderland. McBain, who'd managed the Hornets in the 1930s and 1950s, reckoned the team were playing the least exciting football he'd seen since Henry founded the club in 1881. Come off it, Henry. I know you're the father of the club and all that, but you've got to admit it. Watching our football at the moment is definitely like watching paint dry. No, it isn't. Ah, get a grip, man. You can't pretend that Walter Mazzari's football isn't boring. What? Oh, <laughs> I see. Of course the football's boring. Completely boring. I was offended because comparing it to paint-drying gives paint-drying a bad name. And I'm not having that. I'd far rather be watching some gorgeous paint effects, stenciling, perhaps, or sponging, as they sacrifice their pristine wetness on a pastel eggshell base. Goodness, yes. That would be right royal entertainment, compared to this heap of tripe. Hornet Heaven Winner of the Silver Award for Best Sport Podcast at the British Podcast Awards 2017 Series 4, Episode 1 Boring, Boring Watford Written by Ollie Wickham Read by Colin Mace Earth Season 2016-17 When the soul-destroying tedium of the 1-0 win over Sunderland was over, Neil McBain and Henry Grover returned through the ancient turnstile and walked up Occupation Road. In the past, Hornet Heaven had always been bathed in a sunshine that everyone had assumed was eternal. But in recent weeks, the light had been flat and grey, as if a cloud was hanging over the place. McBain said to Henry, Ah, our football is as colourless as this weather. How can I be fanatical about a team that keeps passing the ball backwards and sideways? I call it Walter's Waltz. Backside, side, backside, side. It's slow and it's dull. It's got to the point where I don't even want to talk about Watford. Or think about Watford. Henry took a deep breath, ready to give a pep talk befitting the father of the club. He felt a duty to inspire McBain with the need for eternal commitment as a Watford fan, even when there's little to enjoy on the pitch. But then he breathed out, as his own boredom at Mazzari's football overcame him. Oh, God, I think I'm losing the will to live in an eternal paradise. Three days later, at the top of Occupation Road, Henry bumped into Bill Mainwood, 
Hornet Heaven's head of programs. In the lacklustre light, Bill said, Hello, Henry. Been to a game? Henry hid the program he was carrying. Maybe. Maybe not. But less about me. How are things in the program office? To be honest, it's a difficult working environment these days. Every couple of minutes, young Derek suddenly squeaks, Mazari out! Ah, a lot of people are saying that. I don't think Derek means it, though. It just comes out. I think it's a sort of Tourette's syndrome, brought on by distress at such monotonous football. And how are you faring, Henry? I've noticed you slumped on the sofa a lot this week. You seem... troubled. Well, don't worry about me, Bill. I'm bright and breezy. Breezier than the east stand after its roof was removed. Brighter than... Henry paused. He wanted to say he was feeling brighter than a certain season's home shirts. But he couldn't think which season. Nothing came to mind. For a man as besotted as Henry with kit colours and fabrics, this was serious. He realised he must be in a very dark place indeed. Golly, I... I, I think I need to talk things through, Bill. Of course, Henry. I'm here for you. Thank you. But, uh, here's no good. What I've got to say feels too personal. I need to admit a few things. I say, well, maybe we could find a nice quiet game to revisit, where there won't be any Hornet Heaven residents in the crowd to overhear us. How about last weekend's game against Sunderland? No one will be rushing back to watch that. Or the previous one, at Palace. Or the one before that, at home to Southampton. Or, well, you get the idea. Henry thought for a second or two. Suddenly, he knew the perfect place for confessing what was on his mind. He told Bill to stay where he was and rushed down the slope of Occupation Road. Not long later, Bill exclaimed, My old hat! Henry was standing next to a shabby red porter cabin. He said, Yes, I've rebuilt it. I thought it would be a good place to... The Bill Mainwood Programme Hut. I love my old hut. Where was it? I found the walls lying in a stack beneath some overgrown brambles, down in the shadows where Lamper lurks. My old hut. It reminds me of such happy days. The happy days before Watford's only aim was Premier League survival. That's as may be, Bill. But uh, I've rebuilt the hut for a specific purpose. For me, it evokes an era when a mid-table team could have ambition. When there was always something to hope for. 
when the football wasn't so... Desperately, desperately boring. Stop it, Bill. You're not helping. Come on, let's go inside. Henry ushered Bill through the door. Oh, where are all the programmes? Ah, yes. Well, I... There's nothing of my old stuff here at all. Just two chairs and a curtain across the middle. I never had it arranged like this. Henry closed the door behind them. Look, I need somewhere to, um... Well, um... Confess, I'm afraid, Bill. Would you mind sitting there, on the other side of this curtain? Bill sat on the far chair. Henry sat on the near chair. Henry pulled the curtain between them and said, Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. Wait a minute. You're the father of the club. Shouldn't you be Bill? Please, I need you to do this for me. Sorry, Henry. Of course. Watford be in your heart and upon your lips, my son, that you may truly and humbly confess your sins. Bill sat and listened as the father of the club began to say what was on his mind. My disillusionment has caused my mind to turn to other things, not just at this season's games, even at the old games I go to. It's awful. I've been to a lot of games from the 1990s recently, and I... Oh, dearie me, I've been... I've been... Trying to find a woman. Find a woman? Henry Grover. Do you mean for the purposes of, uh, <laughs> you know? Goodness me, Bill. I haven't been looking for any woman. I've been looking for a specific woman. Oh, I see. And, uh... Do you know her name? Yes. Yes, I do. Her name's... Gladys Prothero. Gladys Prothero? Isn't it a gorgeous name? She sounds lovely. Similar age to me, 80. Just right. You know, Bill... I think, I think I've fallen a little in love. Bill knew exactly who Henry was talking about. Gladys Prothero was famous among Watford fans for having turned 80 many, many times during the 1990s. She was always being mentioned over the public address system at away games, but I've never been able to find her in the crowd. Bill knew there was a very good reason Gladys Prothero couldn't be found. But he didn't say anything. He didn't want to break Henry's heart. 
I feel so... so guilty. Of what, Emery? The sin of lust? Far worse than that. Guilty that I'm letting down everyone in Hornet Heaven because my mind is elsewhere at times. I mean, what would the big fella say? What would the great man say? For a while, Bill let silence fill the hut as he wondered what to do. There was no point replying to Henry about Gladys Prothero. Henry's feelings for Gladys Prothero weren't the problem. They were merely a symptom of Henry's problem. And Bill knew exactly what Henry's problem was. He knew it because he was suffering from exactly the same thing himself. Bill pulled back the curtain and helped the father of the club to his feet. Up you get, Henry. Thank you for listening, Bill. I think it's helped. Now, sit there. What? Bill pointed to where he'd been sitting. Sit there. It's my turn. They swapped seats. Bill drew the curtain between them. He began. Forgive me, father, for I have sinned. Henry was a bit surprised to find himself on the other side of the curtain listening to Bill confess. He heard Bill say, I live in an afterlife that contains nothing but football. But I'm not enjoying the football. And uh, because of that, I've been starting to wonder whether... whether Hornet Heaven is actually the right place for me. Henry gasped. This was exactly how, deep down, he himself had been feeling. His search for Gladys Prothero had been a way of avoiding addressing the existential question that he now realised had been gnawing away at him. He stood up and pulled back the curtain. Bill looked up. Bill stood up. The two men stared at each other, bonded by the recognition of what was troubling the deepest part of their souls. This is terrible. Walter Mazzari's football has got us questioning our very existence as Watford fans. Henry threw his arms round Bill. Bill threw his arms round Henry. They stood in each other's arms and wept for the certainty they'd lost. Bill and Henry stepped out of the old hut and traipsed up the unusually grey occupation road, past the ancient turnstile. Up ahead, just outside the atrium, they saw Bill's assistant, 13-year-old Derek Garston, running towards them. He was waving a programme. Sir! And Mr Grover, sir! Look! West Brom's in! Bill and Henry turned to each other. 
Neither felt in the mood to go to watch the latest Watford game. Come on, sir, and Mr Grover, sir. It's under lights and everything. It could be one of those Vicarage Road nights, just like when the great man was manager. Bill and Henry didn't share Derek's optimism. But reluctantly, they allowed Derek to press copies of the programme into their hands. All right, then. If we must. They turned around and trudged back to the ancient turnstile, bracing themselves for more of Walter's torturous tedium. Less than two hours later, after the final whistle, Bill and Henry were up and dancing in the rookery end. And when it rains, you're shining down for me. And I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. Just like a rainbow, you know you set me free. And I just can't get enough. I just can't get enough. Um, something, 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 something. Just can't seem to get enough of. When the celebrations were over, the two men headed back towards the ancient turnstile with a spring in their steps. Good Lord, Bill, good Lord! That is why we love football and Watford. Um, by Niang's goal. Glorious. His cross for Deedee's goal. Delicious! Ten men hanging on for half an hour and not conceding. Adrian Mariapa, one of our own, playing like a titan. All under the lights. They emerged back into Occupation Road. Henry noticed that the light was still abnormally grey. But his spirits weren't dampened. He said, You know, Bill, that performance was a very timely reminder of why we're in Hornet Heaven for eternity and would never want to be anywhere else, whatever temporary conditions may prevail. Very true, Henry. That's exactly the thing about being a Watford fan. Somewhere along the line, there'll always be repayment for our staying true. They headed up the slope. Soon they saw Neil McBain trudging towards them. Henry called out cheerily. Ah, good evening to you, McBain. And what a fantastic evening it is. What are you on about, Grover? Watford's football is ruining my afterlife. Well, it's not ruining mine. We've just seen... Bill put his hand on Henry's arm to stop him. We don't want to give you any spoilers, McBain, but you might want to go and watch the West Brom game. It won't be worth it. Even if the odd game's decent, that's never enough. The return on the overall investment just isn't there. Bill and Henry wondered if McBain was right. When they thought about it, tonight had definitely been good. But it was only the second time since early December that they'd come away from a game feeling glad they'd bothered. Their spirits began to sink again. That's why I've decided 
I'm not going to go and watch any more of the new games. What? Really? But won't you be bored on match days? Less bored than if I watch the football. But, but, but what will you do? Ach, I'll go and watch an old game, I expect. Oh, dear. That's not good. You shouldn't spend your whole time living in the past, trying to ignore the present. That's what Luton fans do. Henry must still have been feeling a few last remnants of perkiness after what he'd seen against West Brom, because he was suddenly struck by a thought. He said to McBain, I say, maybe your time as Luton manager in the 1930s made you a latent Luton fan. Bill Mainwood laughed. Neil McBain didn't. Ugh, shut up about that. Let it lay. You're as bad as Harry Kent. Henry's perkiness was definitely returning. He chanted, Ooh, McBainy Bainey, used to be all right, but he's a scammer now. Bill Mainwood laughed again. Neil McBain swore and stomped off. Henry called out, Ah, a Leighton Luton fan, eh, McBain? Well, as I always say, better never than latent. Ha! As they watched McBain go, Bill said to Henry, You shouldn't tease the man, Henry. He must be troubled enough already. Think about it. He's made the decision not to go and watch Watford when we're at the equal highest level in our history with the most expensive squad we've ever assembled. That would hurt any Watford fan. <sighs> You're always so reasonable, Bill. But come on, surely we must be allowed to let a little light into our lives during the dark times. A game like tonight's against West Brom may have helped momentarily, but nothing brightens things up quite like thinking about the awful plight of our hapless rivals from up the road. Bill took a moment to check if this was actually true. He spent a few seconds reflecting how, over the last ten seasons, Luton had managed to spend only five outside the lower divisions of the Football League, and how all of those were below the lower divisions of the Football League. Bill giggled to himself. <laughs> Henry looked puzzled. What? <laughs> I'm thinking about Luton. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> Bill, stop it! You're starting me off. <laughs> Eventually, Henry wiped the tears of laughter from his eyes and said, Oh, Bill, no matter how bad the football gets at Watford, we'll always have Luton. Bill and Henry hugged each other again. Happily this time. They felt a lot better than they had in Bill's hut. 
Maybe they'd lost perspective on how bad things actually were under Walter Mazzari. Maybe they'd been infected by some kind of contagious mass negativity among Watford fans. Or maybe all they'd needed all along had been a backs-to-the-wall victory under the Vicarage Road lights, followed by a few Luton jokes. Who knew? Bill said, I'll tell you what, though, Henry, I've learned something from this. As football fans, we often forget to count our blessings. Henry was just about to agree when there was a shout behind them. Oi! You two! Henry and Bill turned round. They saw Lamper, Hornet Heaven's chief steward, running up the slope of Occupation Road in his high-vis jacket. Henry greeted the former hooligan. Ah, Lamper, a very good day to you. I don't know what you're so happy about. We got an emergency down the road, and you arrivals refusing to come into Hornet Heaven. End of episode one. The story continues in series four, episode two, Going Backwards. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken. <laughs>